Hi there, and welcome to this week's edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the, the, the Rangers podcast that's independent and made by fans for fans, and the content is absolutely free. been listening to us previously would encourage you to subscribe to the pod and also share it in social media and tell all your friends that we're here get the word out there uh, we're live tonight we are live on youtube the show is interactive you can uh, comment via the comment sections on youtube i'll have a wee look at them as the night goes on and i'll read some some of the stuff out so get in, uh, get involved if you can we're live tonight, but the, the, the pod will be available after tonight to download and stream on a number of uh, platforms, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, so I'll get on to the guest introductions. Uh, first up, we've got pod regular Stevie Clifford. How are you, Stevie? Hi, good evening, Colin. Hello, everyone. Hope we're well. Yeah, I'm very well. How's you? It's been a while since I spoke to you. Yeah, this, uh, I've not been on in a while, um, but yeah, all good. Um, happy with a good start to the season, so it's all positive. Yeah, it's all good in the, the, the Rangers Garden. Did you see, uh, in fact, I'll introduce our, our next guest first and we'll get both thoughts on it. Uh, our other guest is uh, Lewis McMillan. How are you, Lewis? I'm good, Colin. Good to speak to you again. Been yeah, it's been a while, it's been a while. Happier times nowadays. Happier yeah, times. Uh, it seems it seems pretty good at the moment. I'll, 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 I'll ask the two E's. Uh, did you, did you see the ball Tommy Sheridan through the week there? Embarrassing. <laughs> but, uh, I, I I couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch it. Um, absolutely cringeworthy. Um, but you know his his message his message was was correct. You know, let's uh, let them stick with Neil Lennon, and we'll just go on quietly with our business. Had to watch it through my fingers. I, I saw you retweeted it, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I lasted a couple of seconds and I had to put it off. It's the way he sort of emphasises, it's a disaster, you know, it's, it's a catastrophe. It was, it was like he was trying to copy uh, George Galloway. Uh, and I just think he's a guy who, I mean, obviously he had, a, you know, he had a career in sort of mainstream politics that fell by the wayside. He's, he's ended up in jail and, you know, shamed and, or the rest of it for various misdemeanors. And it kind of feels like, you know, no one takes him seriously anymore. And it's like he's just looking for any way possible to increase his profile again. And, you know, even even a look at his, his social media, his, uh, his, the timeline on Twitter, it's just, oh, it's really, it's hilarious, actually, but it's pretty bad. Uh, but aye, I just thought I would I would see if he's uh, if you'd seen that. So we'll get on to the, the, the topics in hand, guys. Obviously, the, the, the game today, Fairly straightforward, he's Fife uh, in the League Cup. So we'll have a wee chat about that. We'll also have a look back at the game on Thursday night against uh, Michland, or if, if that's how you pronounce it. And we'll also have a wee sort of preview of uh, the game coming up on Thursday night against Warsaw and St Mirren next Sunday. So we'll get right on to it. Uh, Stevie, uh, the, the game today, I mean, I, I saw a few comments on social media after it. You know, people were kind of... A bit doing and moaning about the performance and stuff like that. I, I, I always feel that these games are kind of like that. They're always a bit stuffy. It was uh, the conditions of the day were pretty poor. It was really windy. 
obviously an artificial surface. I mean, it wasn't the greatest performance, but it seemed to me like a fairly routine win at the end of the day. A lot of players were were rested. Horrible pitch, horrible conditions. Performance was fine. Let's be honest, it, it wasn't it wasn't out of this world. I don't think that anyone that was sort of given a chance really took it, to be quite honest. Um, I enjoyed Joe Rebo. thought he was exceptional again. He's got such an ability to, to just do these wee drag backs and little shuffles that you think aren't possible. Jermaine Defoe up front was excellent as well. He's Some of his touches today were lovely. He's, he's, he's one for his goal. And then there was one in the second half where he, he moved it really well as well. Um, but do you know what? Aside from that, you could you could possibly say that that Hellander was was pretty comfortable in a, in a stroll, but if he wasn't today, then I would be more more worried than I, than I would be impressed, to be honest. But aside of that, it was you know it, it was it was routine. It, it was what we wanted. Everybody's fine. There's no injuries, no disasters on the pitch, and and yeah, there was we can moan about a few individual performances. Fine. I don't think anybody that really got a chance covered herself massively in glory, but. Is it worth moaning about? It's job done. It's it's three 0 You know, no injuries were through. Let's let's move on to Thursday. Well, as, uh, as Stephen said, there there was you know there was ten changes in the lineup today. Uh, Fodderham came in, Emerson came in, Herlander, Halliday at left back, Polster at right back, Docherty, uh, Kamara, uh, Stewart, and the four. So there, there was quite a lot of changes from the the game on. Uh, Thursday night there and from, from last week does th- the amount of changes the fact that Gerard could make 10 changes today is that giving us an indication of just how much strength and depth Rangers have got now because I think if you know if you go back a season or two if you'd have made 10 changes on the side I, I think it would have been would, would have been in, you know sticky water really yeah it's impressive I think anybody watching the game today would be impressed that although he made 10 changes the actual quality of those changes was, was not equal, but not far off what we've been playing for the, the, the first few games of the season. But making those 10 changes, I think we, you, you're always going to lose a bit of momentum because we've been building up some momentum with some good results. And I think that led to a bit of a flat performance. But we had a few quality players still on the pitch to actually help us with the result. I mean, Aribo was outstanding, just to, his ability to control the ball in tight, tight spaces and, and just kind of create something from nothing. And you can see the full, I mean, the guy is 36, 37, and you can just see the quality, he's, the level he's played at. He's just head and shoulders, his movement, his, his, his way he makes space in the box and his finish with the goal. I mean, it's just it's lucky we've got a quality player like that in the park. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree. I, I, I was actually a wee bit surprised at the amount of, you know, sort of negativity surrounding the performance today. I felt we got enough experience when we were in the lower leagues to realise that that's how a lot of these games are. You know what I mean? It's the, the, I, I always find when you go to these grounds, they're always stuffy. I don't think Rangers, apart from one chance, which we're going to discuss, I don't remember Rangers really looking like they were going to concede. Uh, I thought they looked comfortable. All right, the movement didn't create as much as we'd hoped, but I think if you make 10 changes, that that's uh, the almost what's going to happen. You know, you've, you've upset the rhythm of the side so much. Uh, you're you're not going to be as creative as you were, but I, I was just a wee bit surprised. If you'd offered me three nothing at the start of the game, I'd have taken it, and that'd have been that. If you me three, sorry, if you offered me three nothing before even seeing ten changes, I'd been happy because these are the type yeah. of games, as you say, you can come undone. It's it's such a difficult place to go. These guys are are 
are on the TV, they're playing, they're playing for their lives. It's like a cup final for them. So even with a, a full strength team, as you saw across the city, it's never an easy task in a cup game. No, no, it's. Uh, I just, you know, I did see one comment on social media. There, somebody saying, "Remember, this is what it was like every week when we were down there." And it was. If you if you think back, you know, the, the, especially away from home, there was never any sort of flowing games of football. They were all sort of, you know, hard fought and sort of a bit, just a bit awkward to get through. But you, you know, I, I was, I was a wee bit sort of surprised at how negative people were today. As far as I'm concerned, it was a routine performance and a routine victory. And this is where we want to be. This is this is what you want. You want to be able to make 10 changes in a team and still sort of cruise through the game. Uh, Stephen, there was, there was once the game kicked off, fairly early on, uh, the referee had a, a decision regarding a penalty kick, uh, a foul by Murdoch on Jordan Jones. What was your thought, thoughts on that? I thought he could have given it. No, I thought he got it correct. Oh, you and the referees union. Oh dear. Well, you know that, you know that I'm, I'm probably going to going to side with the referee. But uh, yeah, I mean there was a, a wee nudge. But I think the other angle that it showed you um, kind of clarified that it wasn't a penalty for me. Um, I thought he was. I thought Don Robertson was fine today. I thought he got the major decisions correct. Not that there was many. It was. It's a pretty routine for him. I'm sure he, he wouldn't have been complaining about it, to be honest. Lewis, to try and get another sort of perspective on it. Uh, now, there was a debate between Sutton and McCoy at half time, and McCoy sort of saying he he thought it was a penalty. Sutton was saying it wasn't, and his argument for for it not being a penalty was he didn't need to go down like that. And this is something that bugs me, you know. And I, and I, when people say why ask why players dive. My answer is, well, some players die because if they don't go to ground, they don't get the foul. And I think that's what it looked, that, that's what it looked like today. I think Jones embellished the fall a wee bit to try and highlight the fact that he's took a nudge in the back. And, and that's what I find frustrating. I thought the nudge in the back was enough to get the penalty. I mean, how Jones goes down, I, I'm, I, I think that's irrelevant. I, I think it's irrelevant as well. I think... So many times it frustrates me when you see a player who's who's had a hard tackle in the box and they ride it out only for them to not actually do anything with their final final ball. If a player gets touched in the box and you're a striker and you think it's enough contact, you should go down. I mean, that's that's how you play the game. And I think there was enough contact. I wouldn't have been surprised if he gave a penalty. But equally, as Stevie said, I think it was a soft penalty. But a, a different ref would have gave it and you, you wouldn't complain about it. I think it, it could easily have been a penalty. See, get that Stevie Clifford told the referees' union nonsense. Uh, <laughs> soft. It would have been soft, but I think. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think I'm probably coming. You know, as a, a sort of when I played myself and I played amateur football, I was a striker, and it always used to annoy me if I took a done and didn't go down. As you say, if you try and ride it, you you don't get anything, and that's why players go down. I think referees in the game overall has to start appreciating that. Players don't need to go down for it to be a foul. You know what I mean? If it's a big enough whack, uh, then they should be blown. If it's inside the box, it should be a penalty or a, or, a, or a foul or a booking or whatever. I just feel sometimes players go down for that reason because they feel if they don't go down, they're, they're not going to get it. Uh, Steve, so uh, then you go. And Jordan Jones, I mean, you've seen him countless times over the last few games. He takes the ball in tight spaces in the box. He's not not a player that tends to go down easily. He can beat two or three, shimmy past them, and he looks to stay on his feet. So 
for that reason alone, I think the fact that he went down was because there was contact and he was shot. Yeah. And plus the John player Beaton, involved. Uh, John Beaton takes me from the crown bar and said he definitely would have <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet he would. Tom Boy takes me and said the same thing, actually. <laughs> Tom Boy can't use a phone. <laughs> Fair, fair play. I am lying. Aye, I am. Uh, did you hear his comments yesterday as well? He's got to be pulled up on it. Yeah, well, it's, it's the already. official club channel, isn't it? That's that's the thing. And yeah. the thing is that'll be that'll be raised by the referees. Not only beaten, but all of the referees. It'll be they'll get on to um, John Hillcoat and and tell them that that's not on, and it'll go back to the SFA, and it'll be up to them whether or not they raise charges. So, you know. We'll, we'll wait with bated breath to see what um, the SFA do about it. It's not even the fact that Boyd said it. You know, I mean, it's the fact that the, the commentator actually agreed. He sort of said, there you are, there's Tom Boyd, knows his stuff, absolutely spot on, and all the rest of it. And, it, you know, it's the official club channel, so you would have to say that it's, you know, it's got the blessing of of uh, the club you know anything that they say, unless they're going to retract it and apologise after the broadcast, then you would have to suggest that the club are endorsing these comments. So yeah, you've got to remember that though that you got to remember though that the SFA did absolutely nothing when Tom Boyd appeared on the anybody but Celtic uh, video that Paul Arkin done and was filmed within Celtic Park. Celtic Park, yeah. And they were going on about how you know. Everything in life is a big, massive Masonic conspiracy, and they get nothing. So, I think we all know what's going to happen here. To be quite honest, well, there's a precedent set. Could the Rangers not get fined six thousand pound last season for something similar for questioning the integrity? Was it Willie Collum? Just after St. Mirren. I can't remember. Yeah, was it the St. Mirren game? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was that. I'm sure Rangers that was- got fined. That was the um, they put a press release out from the website, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's, it's an official club channel. So yeah, no, as, as we say, there's a precedent set, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Anyway, back to the game today, Stephen. There was there was a wee. I would say it was only sort of time that my my heart skipped a wee beat. There was a chance his faith had sort of. 25 minutes in, cross into the box. Halliday misjudged it. It felt like the boy Dunsmore and Wes made a good save. Uh, I mean, Halliday playing at left back today had, a, I wouldn't say it was one of his better games. And, you know, the, the position, the left back thing seems to be a real issue because we've had Barisic there this season, we've had Flanagan there, and now Halliday there today. Three people, it, it seems to be uh, a problem position at the moment. Halliday's actually been all right when he's came in. But today he, he wasn't good. He, he was a, you know, it was a poor performance, um, and that was his mistake. He just, you know, he was over eager a couple of times to try and get to the ball, um, and and win headers instead of you know on that occasion he just stepped back in, and it was um, very kind of similar to the goal that they conceded at um, Kilmarnock with the ball to the, the back post and it gets missed and. Um, if the boy is good save by ways, but if he, if he lifts that at all, then you know he's got a chance of it going in. But yeah, left back, left back is a concern because I think that uh, personally, I don't think that Haldi's good enough in the long run. I think he's he's good enough to deputise on occasion, 
I think that Flanagan is steady, but at times uncomfortable. Um, and I don't think Barisic will ever make it as a Rangers player. Not that he's not good enough, but doesn't have the quality. I just don't think he has the heart, um, which is, is is something that you can't teach. So on that basis, um, and personally, if you're asking, I do think there's more business for us to come in and out in the, in the window. So we'll, we'll see where we are. Um, but it would be a mistake, in my opinion, if they get to the end of the window and they've not addressed that situation. Yeah, it, it's just that I, I thought at the start of the season when when Barisic reappeared, I thought he would maybe go in the summer. When he, when he came back and, and wasn't moved on, I kind of thought he'd maybe sat down and discussed with Gerard that you know he was going to up his performance levels and and that's just not happened. And it, I, I would say it's the one position in the team, you know, when they when well, come on, he speaks about uh, Andy Kinn arriving on loan. When that was announced through the week, the, my first thought was another midfielder. You know, could we not be doing with maybe a striker to back up Defoe and Morelos? And we certainly need a left back. So hopefully you're right, Stephen. Hopefully there's more business to come. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I certainly feel that left back is a, is a, a real problem at the moment. Uh, Lewis, one position that we don't have a problem with at the moment is, is the centre-half positions. We've got plenty to cover there. Hollander uh, making his debut today. I know it's difficult to judge in these kind of games because, you know, the level of the opposition and all that. Uh, but I thought he looked fairly comfortable. How did you think he'd done today? Yeah, it's been Hollander's been unlucky because he was touted as the, the big money signing and Katic and Goldson have had a, a storming start to the season. So he's, he's, his chances have been few and far between but came in he did a job he, he looked like a, a player who's got a good pedigree strolled it considering how bad the conditions were uh, it's hard to really tell what kind of level he, level he can reach but definitely looks comfortable in the ball defensive even uh, there could be a shout for a goal later in the game but no I, I thought he did really well considering considering the, the conditions and, the, and what he was up against I think centre half Lewis is a good Example of what Steven Gerrard's been talking about. You know, he's been talking about this, you know, two players for every position. And you would have to say he felt for the two centre halves today because I think Gerrard made, made sort of reference to this in his pre match comments, saying the two of them have been unlucky not to start, but, but because Katic and uh, Golden have been playing so well, they can't get in. And that's, I think that's what you want. You want, you know, a certain level of quality, all fighting for a certain amount of positions so that the, the players that are in, are they going to let their standards slip because they know if if they do, then they're out the following week. Yeah, I think I think the signing of Hollander actually pushed Catch on. I think Catch has been outstanding so far this season. Although I think he started strong last season as well, and he fell away and we switched we switched with Laurel. But <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see whether we, we stick with Goldson and Catch or whether Hollander starts to to drift into the team. But at the moment, I think Catch is doing enough to stay ahead of him. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of get the feeling with Katic, if, if, if the opposition fired a cannonball into the box, he'd still head it out. But yeah, he said a storming start to the season. Uh, Stephen, up front, you know, it's the same kind of thing, the, the centre-half situation. We've got two sort of natural goal scorers in Morelos and Defoe. Defoe's first today sort of showed that. Three excellent touches, one to bring it under, one to take him away from the defence and one to finish. I mean, I know he's getting on now. I know he's, he's, he's loose said earlier on, you know, he's sort of 36, 37, whatever he is. He's still got that touch of quality, though. You can see that. Yeah, 
definitely. I think when um, somebody looks after themselves as well as Jermaine Defoe has, I don't think we need to worry too much about his age. Um, you know, um, I thoroughly expect that Defoe will, will sign on past this year um, and, and stay with us for a, a good few more. And it's it's great to have a role model and, and somebody like that up front. And if, if, if both of them are firing and, and we can benefit from that and keep swapping them about, then, then great. Because I, I happen to think that Alfredo's really upped his game in the last, the last three or four back to the, the levels of interest and, and the kind of top form he showed last year, which is if we're going to be successful, we need to have a hungry, you know, good attitude and and firing Alfredo Morelos. I don't think that's that's a question. I don't think that um, Defoe starts ahead of him either, but I think that if, if Gerard can continue to rotate it and use it where he can, then, um, you know, that works for me. Um, so... It's you know I don't think we're spoiled for choice because if one of them gets injured then we're maybe in a wee bit of trouble but it's um it's definitely a good thing to have them both firing that's for sure. That's a point I'm just going to come on to. I mean we were speaking earlier about the left back position and do we need someone else in? Do we need? I mean obviously Lafferty's away now. Do we need someone else in for for, for cover for those two? The problem with that position is that. Who's going to happily come and be a third choice striker behind Jermaine Defoe and Alfredo Morelos? I mean, it's it's pretty pretty slim that anybody would want to come and do that and then be prepared to take a fairly low wage in, in doing that. I think it's I think it's really difficult. So you're you're maybe relying on them both staying fit and, and getting that touch of luck. But yeah, it's dangerous and it's it's a difficult one, but I'm not so sure that, that we would be looking at, at that position first. Um I would I would hope that the, their next plan would, would be um a left back and then I still don't think the Ryan Kent thinks finished. So do I do I see us getting a striker? I'm not sure it's top priority. I wouldn't rule it out, but you never know. I, I think we would need someone, but I think you you make the valid point there. You know, it's a hard sell. You're basically saying to someone, unless two players in front of you are injured, you're not going to be getting much game time. So, yeah, it's a tricky one, but I I do think we could be doing with with someone. Hey, having a look at the the comments here on YouTube. Thanks for listening in, guys. Uh, keep your comments coming. Uh, I'll read a few of them out here. Uh, Chris Blades, he's talking about the performance today. Says players players cannot be judged on that pitch and conditions today. Job got done and without any bookings, injuries, drama, etc. I must admit, that's that's kind of how I felt. I, I mean, it wasn't a vintage performance, but job done. Uh, there, was, there was also a comment there, where was it? it was it was a suggestion for left back. Uh, I'll come back to it later on. I've lost it at the moment. Uh, comment yourself, Lewis. The... the Stuart Murdoch, the, the, the guy that the fullback that sort of fouled Jordan Jones or didn't foul him for the penalty, I, th- I thought he was quite lucky today. I thought he'd, he went over the ball on a couple of occasions with some with some of his tackling. Uh, how did, 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 is that how you felt? I thought he yeah. was lucky on more than one occasion. Yeah, I thought I thought he, he definitely left his, his foot in a few times. Uh, and Murdoch's not a young player either. I mean, he's been about the game for a number of years. I think he played down England for Fleetwood Town for a while 
Uh, so it's not as if he's a young guy trying to impress. I thought he was just, like, he could be in the conditions. Uh, it's hard to judge your tackles and weather like that, but I think he was lucky to, to stay on the park. Uh, and I do, going back to the penalty, I think it, would have, it should have been a penalty and that would have been a, a, working on a tightrope for the rest of the match from there. Yeah, I, I thought, I mean, there was one especially. that He went in studs up and certainly went over the ball. Uh, I, I thought, you know, he'd, he'd done one and you think, right, the referee's let it go and then he'd done another. And after about three or four, you're thinking, you know, I think he's done enough here to warrant a red card and he's not even been booked yet. Obviously, it's just a tomboy conspiracy. That's, uh, that's... <laughs> yeah, well, aye. Well, the... Tomboy was right there. He'd have, been, he'd have been off at the penalty, but yeah. Yeah, aye, well, tomboy Disney, right? Though, and that's that. that that's that. Uh, I found a, I found this comment, the suggestion here. It's John Brown who's on the YouTube saying he, he's suggesting Greg Taylor at Comarn to fill the left back position. Would you make of that, Stephen? Um, well, he's he's quite a tidy player, isn't he? I mean, there was there was rumours that I think Celtic had kind of won the race for that one last week, which doesn't seem to have got any further. Um. See, to be honest, where I am is that um, before anybody else comes in at left-back, somebody needs to go out because we're, we're stockpiling a wee bit as it is. So I would be... I wouldn't be against letting Borna Barisic leave. Um, Andy Halliday's, you know, he's not going to go anywhere as a squad player. Flanagan's going to get another deal. So... I think out of the three of them, Barisic is the one that moves. And and if he goes, then yeah, somebody like like Taylor is is not a bad shout. Would come would come on at the awards, you know. It's a difficult one. Um, you don't want a protracted deal with only a couple of weeks left, and he's he's maybe worth what seven eight nine hundred thousand. Would they ask for more? Would we be willing to pay it? It's a difficult one. If you ask me, yeah, could you get Greg Taylor for a million quid, then would you be happy with it? And the answer would be, yeah, absolutely. Do I see us doing a deal with Kilmarnock and being able to get Greg Taylor from them? I'm not so sure. Yeah, I think it's quite hard for us to do business with most Scottish clubs now. You know, the relationships are still fairly frosty. So, yeah, yeah, it would be a good acquisition, but I think you're right. I think any time Rangers try to bring anybody in, it's always a bit tricky when, when we're dealing with other Scottish clubs. Uh, Stephen, in the game today, in the second half, now you, you spoke earlier on about boys that never really took their chance. Stephen Gerrard said before the game, you know, this was a chance for boys who were sitting on the sidelines to come in and stake their claim. I would, I would tend to agree with you. I think some that came in the day didn't quite do that. I think Greg Doherty and and Greg and Greg Stewart come into that category. They were replaced. Andy King came on and Barker came on. The the two that went off. Do you think they've done enough today to, to get a, a sort of regular run in the team? No. Sorry if that's if that's blunt, <laughs> but it it was it was a passive kind of performance where they, they didn't do anything wrong, but they didn't do anything outstanding either. Um I think that we've got good squad depth, um, but there's how do I sound it? How do I say this without sounding negative? There's been some signings that we've made that I don't think are necessary, and it goes back to maybe stockpiling a wee bit. I know he wants a strong squad, and I know that these guys will, will have much more um, kind of game time as the season progresses because we will possibly need them then. But 
Um, I would have hoped for a wee bit more quality over quantity in terms of what the, the gaffer said he was looking for at the, the start of the year and stuff like that. Today, it's, it's difficult to really judge anybody, but it, it reinforces that perhaps it, these guys are, are never going to be anything more than, than squad players. I don't, for example, see Greg Stewart making 15, 20 starts for Rangers. I, I see Greg Stewart maybe making two or three starts and having 10 sub-appearances, but I don't see him um, being anywhere close to the to the levels of you know Scotty Arfield, etc. And that's that's really where we need him to be. With regards to Andy King, and, and I, I don't... I don't think it's possible to judge him and it won't be until another couple of months. And likewise with Brandon Barker, even if there is questions over whether or not he's good enough in the first place. But we'll, we'll see. I mean, the answer is that, you know, we can't judge on today and, and it and it needs to be the only time we're going to be able to judge this window properly is, is come next summer. So it's a, it's a case of wait and see, no matter what we kind of think at the moment. Lewis uh, spoke earlier on about Holander making his debut. He made it 2-0. Uh, I, I noticed that the, the, the commentators on BT Sport today couldn't take the goal off him quick enough, uh, saying it was an own goal. What did you think? Do you think it was Holander's goal? Actually, I, I think it was an own goal, to be honest. I think he might have got the slightest of touches on it, but I, I think it was an own goal. But he did well enough to get in the position. I mean, he was attacking the ball. He put the, the defender under uh, under pressure, so... If it gives us confidence a boost, then why not? But I think it may have been a long goal. See, I, I, again, this is... The, I need the, to watch it again. This is, well, this is the, the amateur striker in me again, you know, going back to my, my Sunday amateur days. If I was within five yards of a ball going in the net, you know what I mean? Sniff the ball. <laughs> you know, if it, if, it grazed, if it grazed the air, I was breathing. I was claiming it as mine. I think he'd done enough to, to claim it as his. It maybe hit off the defender last, but... Uh, I, I would certainly have been claiming it if it was me, that's for sure. So I'm going to give it to him because, you know, first game, uh, debut goal and all that. So I, I'm giving it to him. Yeah, our defenders uh, have got about the goals since the start of the season. Katic scoring, Goldson scoring, Hollander scoring, or not scoring. So it's all been, <laughs> it's all been, it's all been good. Yeah, I, 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 the, the finish that Katic had uh, over in Denmark, I thought that was a peachy finish. It was one of those finishes that... Uh, it wasn't even in the net and he was already away celebrating because he knew it was away. He was running away. Yeah. That was a brilliant finish. Yeah. A, a very, very tidy finish. Uh, Aribo made it 3 nothing with a few minutes to go. Uh, as, as we said at the start, guys, very, very routine uh, performance and victory. Livingston in the next round. Stephen, how do you feel about that? I'm glad it's, uh, I'm glad it's an away game from a selfish point of view, because I'll be in Fort Aventura. So I'm glad it's not a home game from that point of view, because I would have missed it. But we'd rather it was a home game because their, their, their pitch is awful. It'll be tricky. It'll be a horrible game. And it'll just be a case of let's get through it no matter what and, and move on. I don't think there's much really more you could say about it, to be honest. Lewis Livingston, of well, obviously they beat us... Uh in the Tony Macaroni Stadium last year, that they, they can be quite stuffy on that ground, and obviously it's another artificial surface. Uh, is it? Has it got the the potential to be a disaster or a catastrophe? 
I think I've got to agree with what Stevie's saying. I mean, you look at the Kilmarnock game on a, on a plastic pitch, and then today, and the, I mean, these kind of games, these cup ties and bad pitches, it's, it's just just let's get through it. <clears throat> Football comes secondary. Let's just try and get through it as you know, with with no injuries and and you make it to the next round. But it, it has the potential to be a banana skin, but hopefully we've, we've made the right signings this year to, to have a bit of quality to, to score a few goals. Hopefully, yeah. I, I, I'm slightly concerned about it, I must admit. It's just one of those grounds I think we've can always be quite tricky on and cup game makes it even more sort of, you know, when it's a league game, you know, I think some teams think, oh, if we, we get beat this week, we can recover some points next week. But it's just a one-off knockout thing. I think they're just, they're just all in. So I think it's a, a potential banana skin. And good to see that the Masonic Conspiracy uh, gave Celtic a home tie against lower league opposition. Anyway, we'll wrap the game up today, guys. We'll move on to the game on Thursday night. Uh, Michland, again, I thought I'd, I'd, another uh, another sort of very polished and professional performance, Stephen. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was, I, I mean, I didn't think we were overly impressive. Thought it was very much a case of, of job done, um, second gear, which is, is probably the biggest compliment I can give the side because it, it was made to look fairly second gear and routine. And we're now at a stage where we're good enough that we can actually be doing that. I think we are a very, very good side. Um, and to, to name drop a wee bit, I was up, uh, I was a guest of um, our sponsors on Thursday night. So I was in hospitality on in the club deck and a couple of seats away from Andy Gorham. I spoke to Andy at the end of the game and, and he was thoroughly impressed by Rangers, said we were a really good side and, and, and so comfortable. And that's how I felt. And yeah, I mean, they dropped away the last 20 minutes, I think. Um, Mitchell and kind of had a wee bit of a go and we, and we um, loosened up. But this is where um, a, wee, a wee kind of point I would like to, to, to make on it is that in those last 20 minutes when he came off, Ryan Jack wasn't on the field. And I think that Ryan Jack this season has went to a guy that you, you thought last year maybe you know was, was fine, was a good player for the squad, but has went to a guy that's went from 7 out of 10 to 9 out of 10. And Ryan Jack's been phenomenal so far. Um, and it's him and, and Davis and, and, and Aribo in midfield that they've, they've looked, you know, absolutely top quality. And if we're going to if we're going to win things this year, um, then we, we need that to continue. And I think when Jack came off, it showed you um, why Stephen Gerrard rates him so highly. So I mean, yeah, I mean, no complaints. Again, it's, it's one of these ones where there's there's no bookings. It's um, it's um. You know, from from what I can remember, I have to say though, Colin, because it was a free bar. Um, <laughs> it was it was pretty routine, mate. I, I can't really <laughs> but the free bar was routine. Say. Is that what you're saying? I oh, the free bar was really good. There's, <laughs> there's something there's something quite fantastic about ordering around and when it goes full time, taking five steps into a wee room and having it all sitting there waiting for you. That's proper, proper nice stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was 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 the night arranged on the Jail's net expense account. Oh, no, no, I'm not allowed access to that. <laughs> no one is. There isn't a Jersey expense account, despite what uh, Ian Duff and David Wren think. Uh, but yeah, I kind of beat a free bar. I've not had them very often, but they're pretty good. Uh, Lewis, I, I would, I, I felt 
if, if you're needing any sort of barometer in terms of how we're coming on as a, as a, as a, as a football club and as a, and as a team, you know, these kind of European games that Gerard has negotiated us through, especially in the, the sort of qualifying stages, you know, tricky games that, you know, well, obviously Pedro couldn't get us through that stage. You know, I, I kind of feel that these games are when you get a sense of how far we've come. And sitting there on Tuesday night, you know, three nine up at home, we've won the, the, the away leg 4-2, you know, we're home and dry. You know, it, it, it has been a long process, you know, baby steps, you know, all through the, you know, coming back up through the leagues and all that. But that, to me, felt like the type of performance we used to give against these European teams before we, you know, we ended up down in the lower divisions and all that. I'm still sitting jealous of Stevie's uh, night of hospitality. Yeah. <laughs> I managed to squeeze in a warm beer before standing in a big queue for the governor year with the new ticket system. So I'm, I'm jealous of that. But no, I, I agree. Uh, and the biggest compliment I could give Rangers is that I think that Michelin team are a very good side. And they showed in flashes that they're, they're close control, uh, a really quick and tidy passing team. And I think that our goals came at just the right time. I think if they had scored an early goal, it could be a completely different game. But as Stevie said, it was very much a, a tidy performance from us, job done. It looked comfortable in sections. And how if Jack doesn't get a call-up for Scotland this season, I have no idea what he needs to do because I think Gerard was missed last season that Jack wasn't in the Scotland setup. He made a few comments throughout the season, but Jack has just taken his performance to a different level. And everything seems to go through Jack or, or Davis when Davis is playing. But Jack on, on Thursday night was, was exceptional. And you, you noticed our standard of play when Doherty came on. As good as Doherty is and how much potential he has, Jack seems to just control the ball, takes it from the back four and just starts and, and, and just everything seems to go through him. But all in all, it was a really impressive performance from Rangers. One that has been coming and hopefully we can kick on against Legia because... Uh, they'll they'll prove a difficult task, I think. The whole thing with Ryan Jack Lewis is it's, again is this linked to because I must admit at the start of the season when you know when Davis arrived last season and towards the end of the the, the season last year he really started you know you started to get a wee glimpse of the player he was obviously when he first arrived you know he hadn't played for a while and and, and he looked well off it but towards the end of the season he looked well on it. Kamara looked like an instant hit the minute he came through the door. We've obviously brought in Aribo, who's been sensational since he's, since he's arrived at Rangers. And I kind of got the impression early on, and you know, in the, in the pre-season games and the early European games, that Jack would maybe be the one to start losing out in, in, in that midfield three. Do you think that's why he's, he's upped his performance? Because essentially he has to, or he's, he's not getting a game. Yeah, uh, I had to say the same because I mean, Kamara Davis, is, Kamara had a fantastic season at the end of the season last year, and Davis started to come on to the player that we always thought he would be. And since coming back from pre-season, Davis has just kicked on again, and and he looks he looks fitter, he he just looks hungry, he's, he's just he's he's more intelligent than the player he was the first time round. And I think you're right. I think Jack was the obvious one to drop out, but maybe that's spurred them on to push his game to the next level but it was interesting to see Aribo was was rested on Thursday and came back into the team today it's, it's, we've got a, a rich a richest uh, a array of riches in midfield and it's, it's exciting to see this season yeah I would agree uh, next, next round Stephen uh, probably going to be a trickier tie uh, the trickiest one we've, we've faced so far Legia Warsaw obviously they've got history 
uh, with our separated brethren across the street. They beat them 6-1 on aggregate, but fielded an ineligible player in the last minute or something like that and got kicked out of the tournament. So even though it's not us, they, 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 they maybe feel that the old Glasgow one in this. I think that um, they'll probably just hate Celtic as much as we do, so I don't think it's got much <laughs> sort of bearing on, on you know, what happens. But let's make no mistake, you know, people have said that uh, Leeds aren't a, a good side or aren't as strong as they used to be, that they are no mugs and this will be harder than Michelin and it's probably on levels with, um, if we think that, that uh, Michelin were maybe on levels of Osijek, then I would say that um, Ligier are, are with Maribor. So it's it's going to be difficult. It's it's going to be um, it's going to be tricky, and, and we'll just need to go about it as professionally and as and perform as, as well as we have. Because you know the players want to be in the group stages. We as a club need us to be in the group stages, and if if we want more transfer kind of activity and in my opinion it's the only way that Ryan Kent's returning to Rangers in, in any sort of, of deal. If if we want to that to happen then then we we need to win these games. So there's a there's a confidence because Gerard and, and the management team have negotiated it so far, but it's you know it's 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 very much two cup finals, anything can happen and they'll want it as much as us. Gaffer said it was fifty fifty and I tend to agree with him to be honest it's it's one of those ones we definitely shouldn't underestimate them. And we've got hope that, that they just do exactly what Michelin done and, and come at us because if, if they come at us, then I think we can we can beat anybody in that, in that circumstances. Um, obviously, I'm not talking about the top, top sides, but I'm talking about teams that are around about our, our level. If, if they come at us, then I think that's our game plan. But we've got a good players, we've got a good team, so I, I would never bet against us going through this time. How are you feeling about it, Lewis? Are you confident going into this game? Uh, I think I think it's fifty fifty. I think Legia are, are a step up from Mitchelland and, and we really need to recreate some of the performances we, we saw in the group stages of the competition last year. Uh what was interesting to see was Legia fans banner today at their match was wives are crying, children are crying, each one of us is flying to Glasgow. So there's there's gonna be a, a fair number of them travelling to Ibrox for the yeah, the home tie, I think. Well, that's, that means it's just up to us to make as much noise as possible, surely, yeah? Oh, yeah. Definitely, I think uh, their fans are known to be pretty crazy, so it'll be an interesting tie, but I think I think if we we reach the levels, we, we know we can. I think we, we should have enough to get past them, but it'll be an interesting game, nonetheless. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, we're desperate to qualify in one sense, but also part of me thinks, you know... I, with Celtic going out through the week, my first thought was, well, that does us a favour in the title race because if if they've qualified for the Champions League group stage, they'd obviously be Wednesday, Saturday, and we would be Thursday, Sunday. So even if it was nip and tuck, we would always be going into games immediately after European ties chasing. And I don't care what anybody says. You know, when you play the day after your rivals have won, it puts that bit of extra pressure on you. So when Celtic went out through the week, Apart from the obvious, delighted because we don't like them all that. The 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 logical part of me says, well, that's them. They're going to be Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. And this part of me thinks, if we don't qualify for it, 
it might just be a wee bit of a blessing in disguise in terms of trying to win the, the title. You know, it would just be a case of focusing on uh, that, that, you know, Saturday, no distractions, Thursday night, and then having to, you know, shift games to Sunday and all that kind of thing. So I, I, I love the European games and, and I loved it last year because my boy had never done them before. Uh, he'd never seen uh, Ibrox under the lights like that before. So I loved all that and I would love to see it again. But there's a wee part of me, wouldn't it be, overly gutted uh, if we didn't make it and Celtic did. And on the flip side is if we make it and Celtic don't. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that, that makes that, sense. That, that, that's, it's, back, it's back to square one, you know, it's, it's like they qualifying for the Champions Yeah. Uh, so that, as it's it's a kind of, it's an awkward one at times, but uh, I obviously want to see us through, but I do think there's, there's, there's a wee bit of consolation there if we don't, that we can just focus on the league games and just... Um, I mean, I think we probably have to be Slightly think outside of Scotland that the, what it does for the reputation of our club and puts us back on the map. We really want to be in the group stages. Yeah. And even more so if Celtic don't make it and Rangers do, and Rangers are the only team in Scotland that are in Europe. Europe. I mean, plus there's a revenue. I mean, I know it's not Champions League. Rev. It's not Champions League money, but it's it's money that we could do with. You know what I mean? I think it's something we can't at the stage we're at just now. I don't think it's something that the board would want to turn their noses up either. So no, I think no. It's, it's definitely a must. And then. Yeah take it from but, there <laughs> there is that wee bit of me thinks uh, wouldn't they do as bad if they didn't make it but anyway uh, right we'll move on to some of the topics that, that raised their head through the week I was having a wee scour uh, at the papers most days to try and pick up some stuff uh, Stephen maybe you'll know a wee bit about this uh, Glenn Middleton to Hibs uh, we spoke about this on the pod a couple of weeks ago I think when it was getting rumoured and I'd, I'd asked who was on that night their feelings about it because obviously there's history with us and Hibs when it comes to transfers uh, with the whole Scott Allen thing. Uh, so with, without sounding like I'm being petty and all the rest of it, when I heard this being sort of mooted as a possibility, I did raise one eyebrow thinking, why are you dealing with Hibs? But if it's a good move for, for the boy in terms of his development, I suppose that's the main thing. Yeah. Um, I think it's a case of you know, not cutting off her nose to spite her face. Um, you've got to remember as well that Rod Petrie's not at Hibs anymore, so he was the, the, the main, you know, protagonist last time that, that that all went on. So it's a good move for Glenn. Higginbottom's a good manager. Um, Leanne Dempster's there, obviously, and, and I don't think that we would have dealt with him if it was the, the previous regime. So... We, we, it's just one of those ones where you just need to kind of accept that it's it's happened. It's, it's best for Middleton. It's best for us, and it'll give us a proper idea if if he excels there. You know, it'll give us a good idea of, of where he is in terms of our future as well, which is important. And he'll play, you know, nearly every game or or every game for them. So, yeah, I mean, I'm happy that we're dealing with Hibs. No, but at, at the same time, it's just one of these ones we need to just look at the, the positives beyond the negatives. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Lewis, how, how do you feel about Middleton? I mean, last season, you know, when he initially came in, it, it looked like a bit of a sensation, but it was another one. I think he's kind of similar to Barisic in that, you know, when it started getting into the nitty-gritty and when we started dropping points and when the crowd starts to turn, that's that's when Middleton started to, to shrink a wee bit. And, you know, maybe a season playing just, 
development because it, 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 I thought he became a bit kick and runnish. I think. You know I, I mean, think, I think you've got to remember Middleton is still really young. Uh, as a youth player, Middleton has a, has a lot of skill and he's he's a he's a raw talent. And I think as he started to get a few more appearances, his youth kind of shone through. Uh, his inconsistency and in decision making in the final third uh, was questionable. But going back to dealing with Hibs, it shows you where we are as a club now. We are above Hibs. We, as loaning a player to Hibs is because they're not our rivals. Back when the whole Scott Allen situation, they were trying to make it as Rangers was their rivals for the championship. Now we can give a player to them without impacting our squad and enhance their squad greatly. I think uh, I'm right in saying Middleton got an assist yesterday for Scott Allen, which was kind of ironic. Uh, the two <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but no, going back to, I think Middleton was close to, to going to Holland, and at the last minute, it was Middleton who forced the, the move to Hibs through. So he, he probably wanted to stay in Scotland. I think he'll do really well for Hibs. Uh, I think Stevie said I think he'll get a lot of game time. I think he'll prove to be an outball for Hibs. Uh, and Higginbottom is probably a big reason that Gerard uh, endorsed the move. Uh, so I wish the lad well uh, against certain teams in the league. Uh, and I hope to, to see him kick on and, and return to Rangers a better player. Well, actually, one of the comments on the YouTube channel from GMs goes along that if, uh, if Clint can help take points from teams uh, around about us, then it's a good move. So, that, yeah, that's a valid point. You know, if he can get a goal or two against Celtic or Aberdeen, not that Aberdeen seemed like they're going to be causing us any problems this season with the start that they've had. But, yeah, that's, I, I mean, it, it, it does go back to the whole Scott Allen thing, but I think you make a good point there. You know, it shows how far we've we've moved on. You know, we we can deal with Hibs, and you know they're no they're, they're not a threat to us anymore at that particular point. You know, we're neck and neck for the championship, so that's a valid point that I hadn't really considered. Stephen, going back to uh, Andy King, he arrived through the week uh, on loan from Leicester City. Obviously, came on today for sort of twenty-five, thirty minutes towards the end. I think we're speaking before we came on air tonight. I, I must admit, when I heard we'd signed him, you know, given the, the thing about left back and do we need cover for strikers, my initial view was another midfielder. Is, is that really what we need? Uh, how about yourself? How did you view that move? It didn't surprise me as much as it seemed to surprise others. Um, I, I came right out of the blue. Um, in terms of, you know, we hadn't heard anything about it until I think the morning of it, um, the kind of press got wind of it and, and things like that. So it makes sense if he's able to produce the form and, and ability he had of a couple of years ago, but he's not played a lot of football. Um, he's, he's had a bad injury at Derby, etc. So it's, it's one of these ones where if, if you look on it on paper, in terms of if there was injuries, then yeah, we are a wee bit short, so it makes sense. But it's a, it's another one that I would hope that it means that we're close to moving others on because there's there's six or seven in that squad that we really need to get rid of. And it's getting closer to the point of payoff, which worries me. You know, are we going to end up having to shift these guys on and pay them on? So I'd, it's... it's it's, it seems like a good deal, but it's very much dependent on on whether he's able to, to return to the, the kind of form and quality that he's capable of. And it's going to take, you know, a month or so to get him up to speed. Gerard said that today. So 
it's just one of these ones. Do I see him breaking into the kind of top four in the midfield um, of, of Davis, Arabo, Jack and Kamara? Then the answer is no. Is he going to be a backup to them? Then, yeah. But it gives us a chance to figure out if he if he's decent enough, if we would want to keep him because his deal's up next summer. So I'm overly kind of excited about it. In truth, no. I'm a down about it or kind of wondering or it's kind of a lot of people have questioned it, then no, to be honest, I'm kind of nonplussed about the whole thing. Lewis, the, another midfielder this week in the news, uh, Joe Aribo called up to the Nigeria squad. And also this spat with whoever's in charge of Charlton, it doesn't seem to matter who's in, in the, the hot seat down there. They're all sort of coming out and saying he, he's, he's made a mistake. Uh, to sign for Rangers, so uh, it just seems to be a lot of nonsense, to be honest with you. But getting called up, for, uh, getting his call up for Nigeria, uh, positive move. But again, as someone who's not overly keen on international football, I just worry it's another game where they could get injured. Not just another game; they, they tend to play in the most awkward times and uh, they miss spells of the season. So, as good as it is for, for the lad on a personal level, as a club, sometimes can be frustrating when your players have to jet off to far-flung places to, to play in the national games. But I can understand why the Charlton hierarchy are, are angry that they lost him because from the glimpses and the, the performances that he's, he's turned in so far, he, he certainly looks to be a player on the up and a player who's got a lot of potential and hopefully will be a big star for us this season. Yeah. Is, is there a potential for him to be... sort of Celtic have had quite a lot of success with this model, you know, bringing players in fairly cheap and then selling them on for a huge profit and then if they make another big move getting a cut of any transfer fee then I think I think that's the model we're, we're always looking to go towards Celtic have been have been very good at it as, as much as it pains us to say it that that's been a successful model for them so I think it's, it's definitely something we want to take advantage of that, that cross-border uh, minimum payment and we don't have to pay the development fee like any, any other English teams would have to so yeah, I think it's a model we should look to, to go down, and I think it could be one that comes to, to fruition sooner rather than later. Stephen, it's back to... Uh, we've got the, the, the European game on Thursday night uh, against Legia, and then next Sunday back to league business in Paisley at the, at the Simple Digital Arena. We're either at the Tony Macaroni or the Simple Digital Arena. Uh, St Mirren next week, 12.15, uh, live on the TV. See, because obviously Celtic went out through the week, they, they have their Europa League playoff on the Thursday night too, so their game is now on a Sunday at 3 o'clock. Again, that's the, how important is it? Just I, I know St Mirren should be an easy win, but how important is it that we A, win the game, and P, B, sorry, put in a good performance and put the pressure over to Celtic, you know, because we kick off at quarter past 12, they kick off at three o'clock. If we win, we've got the points in the bag and then it's up to them. I don't think it's important to play well. I think that's a secondary. I think it's it's just a case of, of winning these games. And and yeah, it, it, should be, it should be a win, but look at how difficult it was. Last year when we went there, it, it took a, a freak fluke cross by Candace to get us on the way. So... It's just a game that you go and win. If if you if we want to win leagues and, and we want to win things this year, then you go and win it and it doesn't matter how you do it. It doesn't matter if you play well. You just go and get it done and, and you move on. And, and that's it. And that's all I'm looking for. I mean, the good performances will come 
and they'll come at the right times. But games like this are the games where I'd be quite happy to win 1-0, grind it out, play horribly as long as we get three points. Because, you, you know, we can go on about Celtic yesterday and we can go on about everything else, but at the end of the day, they're still through and nobody will care a jot about that performance yesterday if they go on and win things. And, and until we get that winning mentality ingrained, and it's not a criticism of us, but it's games like next Sunday that will dictate our season. So performances for me aren't important as much as they are a bonus. Go and win, go and get the three points and get the hell out of Paisley as quickly as possible. I think that's a rule in life in general, Stephen, isn't it? Know, to get well, out of Paisley as quickly as possible. <laughs> if you ever find yourself in Paisley, you need to get out as quickly as possible. Uh, Lewis, uh, I'll leave the final comment to yourself. St Mirren uh, lost their opening game of the season uh, against Hibs. Scott Allen, ironically enough, scored the winner that day. They beat Aberdeen last week. So they've kind of had a, 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 an up and down sort of start to the season. As, as Stephen says, though, these are the games, you know, your bread and butter games. Rangers have to win next week, surely. Yeah, they have to win. I mean, these are the these are the games that, that won Celtic the league last year. They they went to places like Kilmarnock where, where the everything was against them, drawn until the, the, the deep in stoppage time and then pulled a win out of the bag. And if we want to have any chance of winning the league this year, we have to go and just grind out a result. Performance is secondary. We just need to get those three points on the board. Uh, score prediction? 3-1 Rangers. Yourself, Stephen? 2-0 Rangers. 2-0 Rangers. I think 2-0 as well. I'll go for 2-0. And I think uh, we'll get a score draw in Poland as well. You think so? Yeah. I, th- I think... I think we need a goal over there. No, that's why I said score draw. Yeah, I know, I know, but I mean, what I'm saying, <laughs> I, th- I think, I think we could take a two-one defeat and still turn it around. Uh, I, I, I think, I think if we come back with it, a goal, it could be, it could make it a bit trickier. I think we'll keep a clean sheet over there. I think we'll nick a goal. Very confident. I like that. I like, I like it. Let's get him back on. Yeah. I know, I, it's, too, it's too too far apart every time he's on. You know, <laughs> I need to get him in more frequently. Uh, right, guys, I'm conscious of time. That's us just coming up for hours. So uh, I think we'll, we'll we'll call time there. So a big thanks to Stephen Clifford and Lewis McMillan for their comments tonight. Top stuff from them. Uh, that's all from us tonight. Uh, obviously, we've got the game on Thursday night against Leisure Warsaw and we're uh, at Paisley next week against St Mirren. So there'll be a show out next Sunday uh, covering those two games. In the meantime, get yourself on to the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. And until next week, bye for now. <laughs>